Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just declare that tonight. We can't get enough of you, Lord, to just be here with you and in your presence. Lord, we just want to declare it from all of our heart tonight. Lord, we love you. We praise you with all of our heart. Thank you, Jesus, for being in our lives. Thank you that you're the answer to everything in life. Lord, you always have the answer. And we just praise you for it. You're amazing. You are amazing, oh God. And we praise you and we worship you. Lord, now we just pray tonight. We pray for people. Come on, if you know people that need prayer, just start praying for them right now. Lord, we just lift them up to you right now. People that are brokenhearted, people that are disappointed, people that are discouraged, people that are in despair, people, Lord God, that, that, that feel lost. We just declare tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name that, God, you just become the center of everything of their life. That, Lord, your love begins to abound towards them. That no matter where they are, what state of mind they're in, or what's going on in their lives, the turmoil that may be, God, you're bigger than that. And you penetrate through all those walls. You penetrate through everything going on. And, Lord, you just begin to destroy all those yokes, all those burdens, all those things that are going on. You just break them, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. And the glorious light of the gospel comes shining into their lives, Lord. The love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God just begins to abound towards them, Lord. They're overwhelmed by your love, overwhelmed by your grace. Lord, and I just thank you, you you're the God that can touch them. Lord, if there's a crack in the door, you'll get through that crack and get in there and touch them, Lord. So I declare no matter how hard-hearted a person may seem, no matter how down they may seem, I declare, God, they're not far enough that you can't touch them. Psalms 139 says, Lord, even in the depths of hell, you're there. Lord, no matter what hell somebody's living in right now, I declare, Lord, you're there. Your spirit's there. And they're going to turn right now to you. And as they turn to you, Lord, I just declare you're going to set them free. You're going to bless them. Lord, we speak over people tonight that need healing in their bodies. People tonight that are just hurting. Lord, we just thank you for touching them and healing them right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I praise you for it. I praise you for it. I praise you for it, Lord. Lord, we just pray and speak over the Kellners, the Aarons that are down there working, Lord God, on this individual's house, Lord. We just pray over them right now. And just ask you to bless them, all those people, all those ones that are working down there, laboring, and just a labor of love, to just bless them and touch them, Lord. Lord, we just pray over Guatemala right now and all that's going on with the kids and the children down there. Lord, that you're just going to move a great move down there in the midst of them. What's going on in Kenya, Lord, that there's just miracles taking place. Children are going to be touched and saved and healed and set free, Lord. We just thank you, you're a God who's moving. You're moving in people's lives, blessing people all over Mexico, Lord God. Just blessing them, Lord God, over there in Ethiopia, Lord. Just blessing them, Lord God, blessing them. And Lord, I praise you for it. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. You're a good God. Now reach around to that person beside you, around you there, and start blessing them. Pray for them tonight.
Lord, bless them. Exceedingly and abundantly, Lord. Bless them. Heal them. Touch them. Minister to them. Lord, we just stand with them in faith, whatever they have need of tonight. Lord God, that you do miracles in their midst, oh God. Lord, you do miracles in their midst, oh God. And Lord, I praise you for it. Because that's how good you are. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen, and amen. And look at that person and say, man, you are blessed. You are blessed. You know, it's really, it's really so awesome to, um, this whole week I've been working a whole lot on, on, on talking with all the missionaries out and, and, uh, it's just amazing what God gets us connected with. You know, we've got so many things going on in Mexico, so much going on in Guatemala, getting everything going over there in Kenya. We've got Pastor Charles from Ethiopia is going to be in here on the 11th of July, and he's going to be ministering to us. So, you know what I mean? We just got connections all around the world. And now we've got counters down there working, building a house for this, this or re helping build a re modeling a house that's been damaged during the hurricane, blessing that individual down in the middle of Refugio, Texas. So praise God. Amen. So we're just in the middle of everything. Or rather, I should say the Lord's in the middle of everything and he drug us in it. Amen. Well, get your Bibles out. Let me give you a word tonight. Go to Colossians chapter one, verse 24. I'm going to start something tonight and, uh, I'll probably preach it Sunday, and uh, I don't know. We'll stay on this for a little while. Holy Spirit was just talking to me today. You know, days like this when it's real hot, you know, I get real, real like, uh, uh, like a preacher, you know. I tell everybody I can't work. I got to go in the house, study. <laughs> so I still a lot of studying today. Praise the Lord. But, you know, I, I, I just, it's like, it's like I want to scream. Like on the inside of me, I just want to scream. Because I'm just really concerned. I, I just see the times we live in. There's such perilous times. There's so much craziness going on. There's, you know, like, you remember how they, they uh, you know, have the doomsday clock, you know, where, you know, it's so many minutes till midnight, you know, and it's a doomsday. And then, you know, depending on the, the state of the world and what it's doing. They, these guys, I don't know how they're making it figure out what, where it needs to be. I got to laughing because the clock in my office, uh, it's, it's one of those battery-powered clocks that sits over there. That thing ran out like years ago. And it ran out, I just happened to be looking at it the other day, it ran out at uh, 11, it's like 11.36 or 11.37, like it's going up to just... And so I got to think, I said, that thing's kind of prophetic, you know? But I thought I needed to move the hand up. I was going to go in there and roll the hand around and just get it right, just almost. Because, you know, there's just so much going on just, it just the, the, in the world and everything, but in people's lives and stuff. And so as a pastor in the middle of it, I'm just like wanting to scream and say, man, folks, we've got to get close to Jesus. We've got to get a relationship right. We've got to get strong. We've got to be, you know, warriors for the Lord. We've got to do this because this is, I feel like it's the last, literally not even the last hour. It's the last minutes. And uh, 
So anyway, this message that I've been preaching about, living by conjecture, supposition, you know, and the enemy attacking our minds to come in there, it's just so real to me because it's like, because I've preached it, because I've always told y'all this, I get the message for me, and then I'm just sharing it with you. And so now it's just like I've gotten real sharp at, that's conjecture. You know, a thought comes to me, I say, that's conjecture. Let's just shut up. No, no, that's supposition. I'm not listening to you. That's not, no, go sit down over there. That's, and so it's like I've gotten real sharp at this. And it's kind of fun, you know? And sometimes I'll bite into it a little bit and I'll say, really? You know, and then I'll, oh, whoa, no, 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 no. That's just conjecture and supposition. So I pray this message has been ministering to you like that. And so it's like I want to carry on on that thought about the tax in your mind and what goes on. So it says here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. It says, now, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and, in fill up, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is, is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me to you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Everybody say Christ in me. Okay. The Apostle Paul sitting here, he's talking about the church at Colossae. He says, and let's just break that scripture down and look at it. He said, God wanted to make you understand, wanted you to come to an understanding, wanting you to come to a knowledge that the great hidden mystery, the riches of his glory is not bags of gold, is not the power to lay hands on the sick and they get well. The great, great, great riches of his glory is for you to come to the understanding that Jesus is in you. That's Robert Richards' paraphrase. Okay, for you to come to the understanding that Jesus is living in us. Okay, so that got me to thinking. So I want you to go to what chapter you maybe know more better than any of them. Gospel of John, chapter three. Now, let's just read this story and let's just look at it. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, this man came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher come from God and no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with you, is with him. Okay. He was a Pharisee, Nicodemus. He was a schooled, learned religious leader. He was not some bum off the street. This dude was was a student of the word, had learned the word, lived in the word. And he comes to Jesus, but he comes to him at night. He's hiding. He doesn't want anybody seen. And so he's come to the realization that nobody could be doing what he's doing except God's with him. Okay, so sometimes you got to look at things and you got to judge it by what is the fruit of it. And if the fruit of it is good, okay, God's behind it, right? No matter what the outside exterior of it looks like. So here's Nicodemus. He's smart enough. He's wise enough. He knows God well enough from based upon what he's learned in the word that he could say, 
Nobody can do what he's doing except God's with him. Right? He's not denying there's a God. Are y'all with me? He ain't denying there's a God. He's not denying anything about that there's spiritual things. He just simply can't quite figure all this out. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, did he ask him that question? He said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher. You've come from God. No one can do these signs you do do unless God is with him. And so Jesus just comes like, to me, it's kind of like he came out of left field. He just says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right? That's not what Nicodemus is talking about. He didn't come say, Lord, what is the secret to the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you. No, he didn't say anything like that. Right? He just simply is making a statement. I'm looking at you from a natural standpoint, and I'm seeing that whatever you're doing has got to be God. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again. Okay. The word born again, if you go look up the word born again, it really means born from the beginning or come from the beginning or started at the beginning. Or it can also mean starting over. All right. So in other words, unless one comes from the the beginning, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But the word see there, it can be see like you saw out of your eyes, but it's used a bunch of times to mean perceive. Are you with me? So it really could, you could really say you, were born, you must be born again from above with the ability to perceive the kingdom. That's what, it, that's what he's saying. Jesus said, look, you've got to be born again. You've got to have this, this beginning experience, but it's got to come from above. Then you'll be able to perceive the kingdom. So he's telling Nicodemus, your problem's not that. You're not wise, you're not a Pharisee, whatever the problem is, that you're, you've not really been born again, started from the beginning, been like Adam was in the garden with God, so therefore you can't perceive what's in the kingdom. So sometimes we wonder, oh man, I can't believe what, why did that person do that or what are they thinking? Well, they can't perceive the kingdom of God because they're not born again. You can't throw rocks at them. They're a human being equipped to be born again, right? Because every man is born with the ability and faith on the inside of him to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. So every person could be born again. It's just that they haven't been born again. So therefore, they cannot perceive the kingdom of God. They can't see the kingdom of God. They can't perceive the kingdom of God or what the kingdom of God is even meaning, okay? Okay, now let's read on. Nicodemus said, well, then how, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So in other words, he's missed it, right? But he can't see because he's not born again. So he can't perceive the kingdom talk. If you're trying to figure out the things of God by natural thinking, you're never going to get it because it can only be perceived by the things of the Spirit. You can't figure out what God's going to do in the natural. You can't understand, why is God doing this? If you're looking at it with natural eyes, you're going to go nowhere because the kingdom of God can only be perceived with spiritual eyes. Are you all following me? 
So then why are we asking natural questions? God, why are you doing this? God, why did this happen? God, what's going on here? What all this is? We're, we're trying to talk to God in natural talk when he only is going to talk to you and he gets you to understand in spiritual talk. And I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. Okay? I'm talking about the kingdom of God is not going to be perceived in a natural way. Have I just lost y'all? I mean, y'all with me? You're following me here. So 99% of the time we're walking in the natural. We're thinking in the natural. We're thinking, oh, I'm going to go to church and she's going to sing that my favorite song and it's just going to be perfect and the lights are going to be perfect and the music's going to be perfect and pastor's going to preach the perfect word and I'm going to get what I, well, see, but we're all thinking natural. We're thinking in the natural realm or I'm going to go to this certain meeting or I'm going to go here. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do that. I'm not against going to meetings and going to church either. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, are you per, approaching God with a natural way of thinking? Or are you approaching God with the way that he says you've got to be born again and perceive what I'm doing. It doesn't make any sense to know that God loved Israel, but then dispersed Israel everywhere. The Jewish people all over the world. Doesn't make any sense. God knows what he's doing. And as long as you keep looking at the natural, you're going to keep coming up with the wrong answer. So my my, 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 what I'm saying to you tonight is you may be talking to God, trying to get God to give you an answer for something, but you're talking to him in a natural means, just like Nicodemus saying, I don't know. Uh, how are you going to go back in your mother's womb to be born again? And the problem is you're asking God a natural question and God's just saying, you have to be born again to see. You have to do it by the Spirit. You have to follow You have to follow what the Spirit of God's telling you because Christ is in you. That's what born again means. Now, I don't know any other way to say it because trying to describe the things of the Spirit, sometimes it seems crazy. It, seems, it sounds crazy when you're trying to tell somebody that I was lost and undone in life, and I was going to end my life, and I cried out at that moment. I said, Jesus, if you're really real, I want to know you, and then my whole life changed. Well, what do you mean your whole life changed? How do you mean your whole life changed? What, what happened? Did, did somebody come in there and bail you out? No, nothing happened like that. I was still broke. I went home. I was still same wife, same kids. Nothing really changed there. Whoa, what happened? Was it, you know, uh, somebody gave you a great job opportunity? No, there wasn't anything to do with anything in the natural. It's just down here inside of me. I knew something was different. All of a sudden, I began to see things differently. All of a sudden, I began to hear things differently. All of a sudden, I began to think differently. All of a sudden, my priorities that were before changed, and now they were different. Why? I can't show you anything outside and in the physical, but inside in my spirit, I know something changed. That's called being born again. It wasn't, it's not, see, and I believe that there's so many Christians in trouble because they've gone to church and maybe has been raised in church. They go to church because they're supposed to go to church because that's what good people do to go to church. And they go to church, but they have no relationship with God and they've never been born again. And that scares me. Because see, almost to me, that's a worse person than the guy that's out there doing something bad who knows he's a sinner and not right with God. 
Right? It's that playing church, that going to church. But it's like Nicodemus. Nicodemus is, by the words coming out of his mouth, Nicodemus is saying he only served God in the natural. So Jesus goes on. And he says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, human natural means water, and the spirit, and the spirit. Hello? He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. And then Nicodemus says, how can these things be? Right? Because he's only thinking in the natural. Now, I believe also, on the other hand, a lot of Christians have gotten off because they've been in the natural trying to think spiritual, but they're really still just in the natural. They're just thinking spiritual because they're, they've learned some goofy something. And so therefore they're getting off because they're not really following the spirit. They're just following the, the really their flesh in a, with a spiritual overtone. Does that make sense? Because anybody can prophesy, right? Paul even said any Christian can prophesy. I can prophesy all night long. But then he also says, would it be profitable? Because the things that you do are supposed to be profitable. So I could sit up here and I could prophesy all night long. And just like, just like so many of the kings in Israel, and you go back and look, and they had false prophets around them. They had to come up and say, oh, this is God. God, this is God. Yeah, hey, that saith God this. But they were off. They were wrong. They were just doing whatever they were conjuring up in themselves. They were wrong. And then Jesus says in verse 10, he says, are you the teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? He's like, dude, you're supposed to be in charge and you don't know what you're talking about. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we've seen and you do not receive our witness. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how are you going to believe if I tell you of heavenly things or spiritual things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who comes down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, what he's saying to him in a little bit of chastisement there is he could have gone and read Isaiah 52. He could have read through the book of Isaiah. It was there available for him. He's, 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 a, he's a Pharisee. He's got the scrolls are in there. He could have just gone and unrolled them and read them. But he read them with natural eyes instead of spiritual eyes. Why? Because he wasn't born again. He said, well, poor Nicodemus wasn't really his fault. Well, He's got his own set of issues, and I'm talking about us. Because Jesus said right here, he said, look, can't you understand? It all starts with me. It all starts at salvation. When you know that you know that you know. I, 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 a person told me the other day, I was visiting with them, and, uh, and, and, and they said, yeah, I can tell you exactly the day when I got saved. I was four years old. I was standing on the front seat of my mom's. 
She called the car, exactly what the car was, the year of the car, everything. I was four years old standing up right there, and I know Jesus came into my heart that day. Glory to God. She said, yeah, I've been a Christian my whole life. I've known that. I know that day. You see, you got to know that day. But when you're born again, then Christ comes and lives on the inside of you. When you come, when he comes and lives on the inside of you, God says that is your greatest glory, your greatest riches is because now you can perceive the things of the kingdom. Now you can perceive what I'm doing in heaven, who I am and when I'm moving. But without that experience of being born again, you're not going to ever see it. Okay. Now, let me go to another scripture. Okay. Go to John chapter four. Let me show you this in a different way. So this is the story of the woman at the well. So this start in verse five. So he came to the city of Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, Jacob, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus down by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to them, how is it you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is to you who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living water. Now, here we go again. Watch what the woman says. Sir, you don't have anything with to even draw water from. And the well's deep. In other words, see, she's looking in a natural sense. She just said, what are you talking about? Going to give you living water. I'd ask you to give me living water. You don't even have anything to draw the water out of the well. She's thinking totally natural. And Jesus is talking over here about spiritually being born again. Right? And she's missing it. So she says, are you greater than our father's Jacob who gave us a well to, and drank from it himself and his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered in verse 13, whoever drinks of this water is going to thirst again. It's a natural statement. Yes, it is. It's true. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus said, I want to put a fountain on the inside of you. When you're born again, then let me just say it this way. When you are born again, there is a fountain of living water placed on the inside of you. But most Christians are never taught how to tap in to the fountain of living water. They live back in the natural only looking at the natural, perceiving things with the natural, never looking at the fountain of living water that's on the inside of them that's coming to them because they've been born again and now they can perceive the things of the kingdom and the spirit of the living God, Christ is in you being formed in you because they don't let Christ get formed in us. They get born again, maybe, and then they take over and they start living in the natural and living in the natural, living to just everything out of your perception, kills the spirit. I taught the message Sunday about that we got to stand up and fight, and then I've got some more on that, but just touching on it. Um, you know, we don't fight flesh and blood, but I'm telling you, there's a fountain of living water on the inside of you, and God could speak to you in a second, show you in a second of a, a prayer that you could pray that would change no telling what. Well, I'm not really called to be 
intercessory prayer. I'm not talking about the intercessory prayer uh, anointing or ministry. I'm talking about there's a fountain of living water on the inside of you. But what does the devil want to do? He wants to keep us from tapping in to the fountain. He wants us staying in the natural because as long as we stay in the natural, we're going to perceive things from the natural and they always look bad. Like today, my day today, very strange. It was as if I wanted to go back to bed. Some good things, some bad things. Some up, some down. Okay? But I'm not going to live by the natural. Are you following me? I'm not going to judge how my life and my, and my posture is with Jesus based on what's going on around me. Christians have gotten that wrong. They think if something's, everything's going bad that, you know, must, the devil must be after, must have done something wrong and, 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 you know, whatever. No, God is always with me. That's what my Bible says. I'm not living by conjecture and supposition. Remember that? And God is always with me. And I'm, he's always, always got the shade of his right hand over me. You know why? Because I'm born again. If you want to live by conjecture and supposition, then you're going you're gonna to be sitting there saying, conjuring images and interpreting, interpreting omens of what the thing looks like. And then that's how it's going to happen in your life rather than saying, well, <clears throat> hold on a minute. I, I'm more than a conqueror and I'm an overcomer. And if Christ lives in me, what are you talking about? Are you with me? Okay, so I want to get off that because I'm running out of time and I want to just shoot something else at you. Um, so there he's talking to the woman about living waters. Look over at John 7, 37. Okay? Because i got to re-preach this. John 7, 37 says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Okay, now here he goes again, talking about this, what's coming out of you. Are you with me? He's talking about what's coming out of you. Now, I was told this, uh, and I don't, since it's not, I can't read it in the Bible. I, you know, I don't always, it's just throwing it out there, but that, that at this time, because this is the last day, the great day of the feast, that the people have studied the feast up and all this, that at this certain point, the priest was standing up and he was pouring out this pitcher of water at that moment. During, that's what they did during the feast and the ceremony. And at that time when he was pouring out, that's when Jesus stood up and says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I don't know. Preach is good, but I don't know. All right? But he's talking about out of his heart or out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Why? Because he's talking. Jesus is trying to get this point across to everybody about being born again. You with me? He said, that's the beginning experience. When that starts, when you're born again, man, I'm putting everything in you. You're going to be able to perceive the kingdom. When you're born again and you know you're born again and you know you're right with me, your sins are forgiven, you're washed away, you're right with heaven, there's a channel open and man... Whoa, you translate out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. You Man, here you are. You're holy and righteous and unblameable in my sight. That's all inside of you, the fountain of living waters. So then why are you letting the devil talk you out of all that? That's my point. You know why? Because we're people who really are attracted to the natural. 
just like Nicodemus. How can I go back in my mother's womb? There's no way I'll fit. Jesus another time said, what are you talking about? He said, don't, don't be looking over there and don't be looking over here and don't be looking over there. Man, the kingdom of God is within. But we're looking in the natural because we're naturally minded in everything that we do. We're naturally minded. We're not spiritually minded. When the whole glory of heaven is on the inside of you, and folks, that's what we've got to tap into. Now, I'm not going to do it tonight because I'm, I'm, I'm quitting the message, not the church. But I want to show you four simple principles to walk on what I'm talking about. Real simple. I'll probably get through with it and you'll say, I already heard that. Well, you heard it again. But I'm telling you, God is trying to do something in us. And we've got to see, we've got to quit listening to our lives and living our lives by conjecture and supposition. We've got to quit letting the devil get us and keeping us continually in the flesh, looking at the flesh, the things of the flesh, and get into the great perception of the kingdom of God that's on the inside of us. It's always, so if, wherever you go, he's there. And you may not feel like holy and mighty, but that doesn't mean that you aren't. You got to quit living by the natural. You got to remember the day you were born again and say, man, that day Jesus changed my life. That day my life changed. Right there. Yes, that's the day the, all of the glory and the riches of heaven were open to you the day you were born again. And then from there, that's where we build and go on because Christ is being formed. Didn't say he instantaneously was all complete. It says he's being formed in you. It's a process. I wish we could get it all in one day. I think the only thing that we're going to get all at once, from my understanding of the scriptures, the only thing you're going to get all at once is when the rapture takes place and we see Jesus and our bodies are changed and the Bible says we see him face to face, we're going to say, oh, I get it now. Until then, we're going to have it to be having Christ formed on the inside of us. But we got to remember it all started when you were saved. That wasn't the day you got membership to the church. That was the day the kingdom of heaven came to live on the inside of you. Right? That was the day everything changed. All the angels, you caused all the angels in heaven, an innumerable multitude of angels to dance that day. Y'all ever thought about that one? There's so many they can't number them. When you got saved, they all jumped up and down and rejoiced. You personally. I mean, you caused quite a chaos in heaven the day you gave your life to Christ. So if you're listening out there watching and, and, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't know what I'm talking about. You're still like Nicodemus just looking at this thing saying, I, 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 don't, I don't understand what he's talking about. Well, it's because you've not been born again. But the Bible says it's simple. Paul said in Romans chapter 10, he said, man, you don't have to go looking far off. You don't have to go to heaven. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to the ends of the earth trying to find it. It's near. He's near as the mention of his name. He's near as you calling out the word and saying, Jesus, I believe in you with a sincere heart. And the moment you do that, God does it. I don't have to, I, I can't even in the natural way tell you God does it. 
He comes, he touches you inside your spirit, and he changes you, and you become born again, alive, firstborn, starting out all over again, fresh and new. Your life's changed. He did it. All the glories of heaven come to live on the inside of you, and Christ begins to be formed on the inside of you. That's called being born again. All you have to do is call out to him, and he'll be there for you. So I want to encourage you. Listen to me. Folks, you already got the greatest start in the world. You may think you're behind the ball. You may think you hadn't got, whoa, whoa, whoa. if you're born again, you've already got everything you need on the inside of you. You already got everything. You are equipped to do the good work that he's put you in. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, you already got it. You got the goods. Well, praise God. Let's stand up. I want to pray for you. I want to bless your offerings tonight. I want to bless you as you go from here tonight. I, I just thank you for everything that y'all's faithfulness, y'all's giving. Man, God is doing such amazing things. So, Father, bless them tonight. Bless their businesses. Lord, I, I, I just thank you for doing miracles in our midst. Lord, I just declare that every need that the people of Living Waters Church have, that, Lord, you meet it in Jesus' name. I thank you no matter what it is, Lord, you meet it. I declare, Lord God, that their businesses are blessed. I declare their finances are blessed. They have wisdom above even their understanding. I declare, Lord, because they are born again, because the kingdom of God is on the inside of them, that, Lord, you break forth with giving them witty inventions, things to do, just opportunities and blessings everywhere. Bless their finances, Lord. Bless their giving. I thank you that we can continue to work around the world just doing all kinds of glorious things for you. Now, Lord, I ask you just to bless them tonight as we go out in the world I ask you to cause each and every one of them to just really remember tonight their born-again experience when they first met you, Jesus. And let that just ignite something on the inside of them to show them what God did in them and that we can keep growing and growing and growing till Christ is totally formed on the inside of each and every one of us. So, Lord, bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.